Sorry. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chris Meyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chris Meyer. The Swiss Army is deploying 5,000 soldiers to guard the World Economic Forum elites that are gathering early this next week. More than 50 heads of state and nearly 600 CEOs are going to lay down enormous carbon footprints to travel to Davos, Switzerland. Just in the coming days, it begins the 16th of January. The World Economic Forum's 2023 meeting. Most are going to arrive via carbon-spewing private jets, and when they get to Davos, the World Economic Forum elites are going to be guarded by some 5,000 soldiers deployed to the event by the Swiss Army. The U.S. delegation, by the way, includes FBI Director Christopher Wray, Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines, U.S. Aid Administrator Samantha Powers, and U.S. Climate Czar John Kerry and others. The Swiss Defense Department said the Federal Assembly, the country's parliament, had approved the deployment of the mass Swiss Army contingent in order to protect these elites. Climate czar John Kerry, who is personally as responsible for global warning as almost any other human being, constant travel on his private jet will be one of the U.S. representatives to kiss Klaus Schwab's ring. Team Biden is also dispatching head of national intelligence Avril Haines and U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai to Davos. It seems that the world is pressing forward to the new world order. So I welcome you to Viewpoint, friends. I'm Chuck Meyer. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And what we're about to see is something that you perhaps would never have really expected unless you've been listening to this program for a period of time. I want to provide to you the uh, amazing statement that is coming out from the World Economic Forum today. And uh, I'm looking here at the most recent piece on the Internet. Here it is. This is from the website of the World Economic Forum about their meeting coming up this next week. Here is the direct quote. The world today is at a critical inflection point. The sheer number of ongoing crises calls for bold collective action. So the annual meeting will convene leaders from government, business, and civil society to address the state of the world and discuss priorities for the year ahead. It will provide a platform to engage in constructive, forward-looking solutions through public-private cooperation. But here's the statement that I really want you to consider. The world today is at a critical inflection point. A critical inflection point Therefore, they say, the sheer number of ongoing crises calls for bold collective action, and they're the ones to do it. It is the elite. It is Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, and those that he has called together the elite of the world, mostly liberals, 
to save the world and to provide a new global government, to replace the governments of the world and, in fact, ultimately to install one great leader who will provide salvation, salvation for the world, because we're in such deep, deep trouble. Everybody is agonizing, whether it has to do with the climate, whether it has to do with energy, whether it has to do with money, whatever it has to do with, whether it has to do with health, whether it has to do with you name it. They're going to provide the answers. They're the saviors. And you should trust them. They want you to trust them, and they want you to trust them with your whole heart. And not be discouraged because their word is true. You must believe that their word is true and that the situations that they define as they define them are in fact the truth. And therefore, because they are the anointed and the appointed ones, you better heed. And if you don't heed, you'll regret it. That's the situation as we move into the 2023 World Forum Gathering at Davos, Switzerland. Well, turbulence over Davos about those 1,500 private polluting jets attending the forum. That's right. The very wealthy and influential people gathering in Davos, Switzerland, coming together to worship their immense prides, Their immense power, through all of the pride, the power, the perks, and the position that allows them to fly their private jets and to distribute a uh, carbon footprint that far exceeds the carbon footprint of most cities in the world at that time. It's amazing. Utterly Amazing. And there appears a trend even to larger and larger jets, as they say. And now, as if that were not enough, a bank CEO, chief economic officer, is telling the World Economic Forum that inflation and energy shortages are worth it. Here it is. This came from the mid-year meeting of the World Economic Forum, the CEO of Norway's largest financial services group told the World Economic Forum meeting in Davos, Switzerland in May that the runaway inflation and energy shortages that are devastating for families worldwide are, quote, worth it, unquote. She was speaking about the global transition to clean energy that would affect small and medium-sized businesses. She says, yes, there's going to be pain in the process, The pace that we need will open up for missteps. It will open up for shortages of energy. It will create inflationary pressures. And maybe we need to start talking about that, that that pain is actually worth it, she says. And if we don't, there's no business case. There's no economy. There's no welfare. But so far, I think we have been a little bit careful, actually make talking about the pain in the short term that is likely to come from this very important change. And what is that change she's talking about? The change spoken of is the Great Reset. 
the initiative of leftist elites led by the World Economic Forum's Klaus Schwab to revamp all aspects of our societies and economies. That's true. You are the peasant, and they are the kings. That's the viewpoint, and they know better. Freedom is soon to be a thing of the past. And you must put your absolute faith and confidence in these folks who have dedicated themselves to a new godless world order. They know how to save the world. They know that the ultimate sins of the world are climate-oriented, not internal sin and motivation of the heart. And you better be prepared to knuckle under and obey. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Man devises his own ways, seeking to create a utopian world order promising peace, inevitably through a counterfeit prince of peace that we most commonly identify as the Antichrist or counterfeit Christ. The yearning for utopia has been historic. World government has been the dream and dominion of men throughout the ages to this present day. From the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11 to the trumpeting of the new world order in our generation, mankind and its various kingdoms and rulers have sought to govern the then known world in power and glory. Inevitably, man's lust for power and glory seeks to eclipse, escape or even defy the power and the glory of the creator. So, having known God, they refuse to honor and respect and obey him as God. Therefore, as the Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 1, their foolish minds and hearts become ever darkened. Ever darkened. And gradually, over time, they're given over to a reprobate mind approving those things which are radically and totally contrary to nature and nature's God. They redefine that which is right and that which is wrong, that which is evil and that which is righteous. They call righteousness evil and evil righteousness. It's a complete turnaround. The language is being changed. Everything is being changed in preparation for the Great Reset. When they use the word great, they do mean great. They mean a create, a create complete and overarching overhaul of everything that we now know as civilization on this planet. 
It's not just in the United States of America. It's worldwide. It is the global reset. The new global order. This is exactly what uh, George Herbert Walker Bush, the 41st president of the United States, spoke about in 1990 when he addressed the United States Congress. And for the first time in American history, perhaps world history, a president of a country had declared the words, the new world order. The date was September 11th. U.S. President George Herbert Walker Bush stood before a joint session of Congress. There was a lot of patriotism in the country at that time because of the uh, uh, Gulf War One. So he said that the crisis, here's a quote, the crisis in the Persian Gulf, has great, as grave as it is, offers a rare opportunity to move toward a historic period of cooperation. Out of these troubled times, a new world order can emerge, a new era. That new world order, President George H.W. Bush said, is struggling to be born. That was in 1990, friends. Think about that. In 1990, two years later, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, Son, you've been pleading the cause of men long enough. As a lawyer, I want you to plead my cause in the land as a voice of the church, declaring vision for the nation in America's greatest crisis hour on the near edge of the second coming. I said, Yes, sir. In 1993, we formed Save America Ministries, rebuilding the foundations of faith and freedom. And then in 1995, having been directed by the Lord to relocate after 30 years of business ministry and political investment in Southern California, relocated to the birthplace of the nation, Richmond, Virginia, on the shores of the James River, America's birth river, where we launched this radio program 27 and a half years ago to confront the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective. And that is exactly what we're doing even today. That new world order, declared President George H.W. Bush, is struggling to be born. He said the opportunity is great to build a new world order. And then over 200 times, that senior President Bush declared this new world order during his administration. It was historic, friends. As I said, it was the first time as if the world had become pregnant and the president of its reigning superpower was deputized somehow to announce the conception, long thought to be but the rantings of conspiracy theorists. But the birth period or gestation period was not given. That birth would come in the fullness of time, heaven's prophetic time, and Satan's false gospel hour to seduce the world. And it would be man's glorious gospel of self-salvation, of utopian peace and of global safety without the God of creation and his biblical revelation. A substitute God would be prepared, designed democratically, without dogma or doctrine offensive to multicultural, religious, pluralistic world intent on global unity. As the scriptures had said and warned, where they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. As travail upon a woman with child, they shall not escape. But 
Those kinds of warnings, friends, however dire they may be, are deemed unworthy in the face of such lofty ambitions as a global order of unprecedented peace and prosperity. So, the Prime Minister of Britain 11 years later, Tony Blair, said, This is the moment to seize. The kaleidoscope has been shaken. Let us reorder this world around us. Today, humankind has the technology to destroy itself or to provide prosperity to all. Only the moral power of a world acting as a community can. In other words, let's reorganize like they did at the Tower of Babel for a grand global order. Kind of almost defies imagination, doesn't it? But that's exactly where things are heading. It's unity fever. It's unity fever in the church. It has been since the 1970s. It's unity fever in government. It's unity fever in business. It's unity fever everywhere. But where does that lead us? Well, consider this. From the World Tribune today. Switzerland focused on focused heavily on combating the spread of misinformation and disinformation versus approved propaganda. Well, one of the answers provided was the introduction of digital IDs. As part of the Great Reset, the World Economic Forum rolled out what it is called the, what it called the Global Coalition for Digital Safety, which is actually just the opposite. Whenever you see a title to a bill in Congress or uh, some other proposal or so on, you can almost be sure that it means just the opposite of what the title seems to convey. They use these titles to deceive. Purposely. So, as part of this Great Reset, the World Economic Forum rolled out what it called the Global Coalition for Digital Safety, designed to, quote, accelerate public-private cooperation to tackle harmful content online. Content harmful from whose viewpoint? You see, what they want to do is completely cut off your ability and the ability of any person on the planet to resist the know-it-alls of the new world order. They are the ones that are going to decree the world and its values from henceforth and even forevermore. These diverse leaders that are being brought together by the World Economic Forum include such head honchos as the likes of Google, Microsoft, Interpol, and a number of government ministers. Another coalition member is EOT, a company that proclaims it is striving to make the Internet a safer place through the use of digital IDs. Now let's talk a little bit more about these digital IDs. I think it might be helpful. Combining improved facial recognition technology with geolocation identifiers, the globalists have a receipt or recipe for absolute chaos, warned researcher Brett Solomon. Using digital IDs, every move of individuals will be able to be tracked in real time. He said you can run all you want, but you'll not be able to hide. 
The dangers posed by digital ideas, he said, cannot be emphasized enough. Solomon, who has tracked the technological intrusion on human rights for over a decade, said digital ideas, quote, pose one of the gravest risks to human rights of any technology that we have encountered, unquote. Again, he said near-perfect facial recognition, technology, and other identifiers from the human gait to breath to iris. That's what they're looking at. And as if that were not enough, digital ideas may soon become the norm in the United States. Even the U.S. Postal Service is pushing for the introduction, uh, introduction of digital IDs. The USPS has already partnered with the General Services Administration of the government and the FBI, two prominent biometric data collection pilots. Where is all of this going? The Internal Revenue Service, you might imagine, IRS also wants your face, digital face. Canada, a country with close ties to the World Economic Forum, is actively considering the use of digital IDs. Canada is part of even a broader plan initiated by the World Economic Forum. It was discussed last year the main ways in which digital ID programs would become an integral part of the financial services industry throughout the world. As one Observer said the United States is fast becoming a first world country with third world protections for its people. No one, he said, should be happy about this. Well, except almost no one, except perhaps the elites in Davos, Switzerland. That's what they're doing. That's what's happening. The question is, why should we care? And why would we discuss this here on Viewpoint where our focus is primarily on the kingdom of God and how the issues of our time relate to the kingdom of God and the coming of Christ and our readiness for that time. Well, because this is exactly what the Bible foretells is going to happen. It tells us that the world is going to move inexorably toward a utopian goal of establishing a counterfeit gospel salvation message. That's what globalism is. That's what the World Economic Economic Forum is seeking to provide, to promote, and uh, to prepare for. It's Satan's counterfeit. So Satan is seducing the nations of the world with his own alternative peace plan. To unite the nations, contrary to God's express command, and to let them build a global tower system, so to speak, that will reach to heaven or at least create man's best heaven on earth, thus so supposedly saving the earth from the inevitable consequences of sinful rebellion. So even new sin has to be defined. The sins of the Bible are no longer sins. They're to be exalted. Promiscuity fornication, adultery, homosexuality, sodomy. Those are sins of the Bible. But those now are decreed to be glorious and wonderful, to be celebrated, 
So the world is using those things to become one under the deceiver's direction until the final destruction. That's where we're heading, friends. And hopefully this gives a picture right now, current as can possibly be, for us to understand the trajectory of our time. Now, I want to make available to you uh, three different books that will help you to understand uh, where all of this is going, how we got here, and uh, what you and I should expect and how we should govern our lives in the process. The one is called Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. Another is called Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. And the third is called King of the Mountain, the epic eternal and end time battle. They are all on our website, saveus.org. I hope you'll avail yourself of them. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Waging peace. Waging peace. That is the concept, the theme of the New World Order as expressed also in the European Union, which was one of the, uh, shall we say, the embryonic forms of the New World Order. Waging peace. The prophet Daniel long ago warned of a charismatic counterfeit Christ who, as he declared, by peace, or the pursuit of peace, would destroy many. So it's not peace at any price. You see, the peace that the world offers and that the new world order offers will be at the exclusion of anyone who embraces the peace that only Christ gives. You will be totally unwelcome because your very viewpoint is deemed dangerous dangerous to their vision of world peace and unity. Because if you believe something strongly and have convictions that Christ is to be king, that is completely contrary to their viewpoint of the new world order. And the one who Satan's alternative will ultimately be declared the ruler of the world, the Antichrist. Therefore, As the New Agers say, you and I must be selected out. That's their terminology. They don't say you will be shot, lined up and shot. You'll be selected out. It's a euphemism for gotten rid of, removed from the planet. 
removed from participation in the New World Order because you don't belong. That's why persecution is rising. And we should expect the persecution would be rising precisely because of that. At the same time, anti-Semitism is rising. Today, uh, Sharansky out there in uh, Israel has said that anti-Semitism now has gone mainstream, just as the Bible said it would. So as it is with the Jew, so it will be with genuine Bible-believing, full disciples of Christ. We don't. It's not called anti-Semitism then, it's called persecution. But it's the same thing. So this is where we are, and... Uh, It is necessary to convince people to bring us to an understanding of our times. Not for the purpose of striking fear, but for the purpose of building faith. Building faith that will be able to sustain itself in the evil day and having done all to stand so you can stand against the wiles of the evil one. That's what the Apostle Paul wrote about there in Ephesians chapter 6, I believe it was. Having done all to stand, stand. Have your loins girt about with truth. It's what Jesus was talking about when he said, He who endures to the end shall be saved. He wasn't talking about he who lives to the end. He was talking about he who endures persecution and who is willing to stand and be faithful to Christ no matter what. Jesus said, if you deny me, my Father in heaven will deny you. That's what he said. Now, you may not like what he said, but that's what Jesus said. If you're not willing to own up to me now, your heavenly Father is not going to own up to you then. In other words, Jesus' entire effort was to prepare the people, his own people, for the times that would be coming and the end of the age and the judgment of the world. His parables were almost all directed toward that theme. They were not directed toward evangelism. They were directed toward repenting and getting your life and your your, uh, goals and your your, uh, patterns according to the kingdom of God. So Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all the other things will be added unto you. Jesus wanted to set our priorities right. So, in a time like this, when we have experienced massive prosperity like the world has never, ever before seen, notwithstanding the ups and downs of economic factors, notwithstanding COVID and so on, these are mere interruptions. But in general, in general, prosperity like the world has never seen. The Bible says that prosperity turns men's hearts away from God. But adversity turns them toward God. So why do you think 
that over the past 50, 60 years, America has become more and more godless, more and more pagan. It's precisely because of the increase of prosperity where humankind thinks we can save ourselves. We don't need God's help. We can do it ourselves. So the World Economic Forum and the spirit of globalism is just that, written on steroids. That's right. We can save ourselves. We will save ourselves. And we don't need any of that God stuff anymore. No, that was just, well, that was the opium of the people. We don't need that. And so, we are moving very, very rapidly, my friend, toward the culmination of this effort to build a global government without God. God will be intentionally removed, except for the gods of the rest of the world who don't, who are not exclusionary, who do not say that Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. All others will be acceptable. So when you read my book, Messiah, you'll begin to understand, for instance, why there are so many, many competitor, uh, competitive messiahs out there in our world. And untold millions, yes, billions of people have put their confidence and their trust in these alternative messiahs. The book is called Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. And then ultimately wraps up by helping us to see through the smoke and mirrors of the counterfeit messiahs and how persuasive those are to the world. I believe that this is one of the reasons why Jesus said there to his disciples uh, two days before his crucifixion there on the Mount of Olives when they asked him what would be the sign of his coming at the end of the age. And he said, take heed that no man deceive you. And then he said there would be many who would come in my name and deceive many. And then he went on to say even more so that the deceptions are going to be so great that if it were possible, even the very small remnant elect would be deceived. Why did Jesus warn like that? He wasn't warning the unbelievers. He was warning people, those who profess to be followers, those who profess to be uh, the warmest audience, God's warmest audience, the Jewish people, and then professing Christians, the followers, those who would follow the disciples. Those are the people he was warning. Now, he wants us to do what we can to let our light shine so that others will see our good works, glorify our Father which is in heaven, and will repent and believe the gospel. He wants that to happen. But he also knows that as we move toward the end of the age, that is going to happen less and less. Contrary to popular teaching about this massive harvest where the majority of the people are going to come to Christ. That's not what Jesus said. He said, straight is the gate and very narrow is the way and very few there will be that find it.
So, we can uh, preach a gospel, a gospel of self-grandization and, uh, uh, you know, make ourselves feel good about this, that, or the other, and market it to the flesh. But it's about time that we humble ourselves and agree with God's viewpoint as expressed through his son, Jesus Christ. That's my viewpoint. That's the viewpoint of this program. We're not here to play games. We're not here just to talk about how the president of the United States, the current president or putative president of the United States, has uh, hypocritically, massively hypocritically, uh, deceived the people and... uh, hidden away uh, documents that should not have been hidden away, classified documents. The whole world's talking about that. Why should we spend time talking about that here? That's not about the kingdom of God. He's in defiance of the kingdom of God, and openly so. What do you expect him to do? We're just reaping what we've sowed. So we're not going to spend time talking about that here on Viewpoint because it doesn't go anywhere. Yes, there needs to be accountability. Yes, there does. Exactly what form that accountability should or will take remains to be seen. But we're not going to spend our time regurgitating all of those things here on this program, which is about the kingdom of God, when all of that's talking about the kingdom of men. Are you beginning to get the picture? It's not that it's not important. It's not important enough for us to spend the time, particularly since it's being talked about ad nauseum on every single uh, outlet of information on the planet today. Today we're talking about something of stupendous nature that is about to take place next week, January 16th, the World Economic Forum again saying we've reached the inflection point. The time is is here. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chrismeyer. It's always a delight to be able to chat with you here on Viewpoint. As I said, it's now 27 and a half years as we we continue to obey God and to bring his viewpoint 
uh, as declared in his word to the attention of those who profess his name in America first. That's my country. That's where I was born. And then throughout the world. I've been in, I've been told that uh, our program is has been listened to in at least 113 countries now. It may be more, and I'm not saying that it's listened to by hundreds or thousands of people in 113 countries, but it has been actually listened to in at least 113 countries. So the message is getting out. Now let me tell you how the message gets out even more, even more broadly through you. When you tell other people about this program, or when you tell them about one of the books that we talk about here on the program, that is the best way to get the message out. Refer them to the program. How many people have we had just in the last uh, 30 days who have either emailed me, given a phone conversation, or written a note saying, please do not ever stop. Your program is changing my life. Your program is changing the life of our family. See, what we're doing is preparing the way of the Lord. That's what we're doing. It's not about fear. It's about faith. Faith means almost nothing unless there's a counter a countermanding opposite. If there's no fear, there's no place or no need for faith. If there's nothing to present the need for courage, then there's no need for courage. Courage means nothing without its opposite. The demand that brings about the need for courage. This is the time that demands that we walk and live by faith, that we live courageously, that we dare to be a Daniel, that we dare to stand alone, that we dare to have a purpose firm, that we dare to make it known. This is that time. Now, before we go further, I want to uh, a little more ex- uh, expressly uh, tell you about these three books that I've mentioned earlier in the program today that will help you to understand the bigger picture with regard to the globalistic agenda, which is the counterfeit gospel, how it's happening, why it is happening, and what you and I, what our response needs to be. One of those books is called King of the Mountain, the epic, eternal, and end-time battle. It's an $18 book on our website for $15. I hope you'll avail yourself of it. The website is saveus.org. That book will open your eyes as to the biblical, prophetic, and historical projector, uh, trajectory of uh, God's prophetic plan and purpose in the world and how it has been co-opted or attempted to be co-opted by Satan himself through humankind. It's fascinating, utterly fascinating. All right, the next book is Antichrist. 
how to identify the coming imposter. Most people, when they think about how to identify the coming imposter, they're thinking about coming up with a name. Well, is it Hitler? Well, is it Mussolini? Well, was it Stalin? Well, was it whoever? No, that's not what this book is about. It does no good for us to speculate in things like that and get excessively into the range of biblical numerology and so on. Because it leads us to avert the most important things that the Bible has to say about identifying the coming imposter, known as the Antichrist. That's what the book focuses on. And I tell you that as you read the book, (laughs) you are going to realize this isn't just a book about them, whoever them is. This is a book about me or you, about us, about the reader. Because we're the ones that are being warned. Not them out there. We're the ones that need to be able to understand what the prophet Daniel had to say about the Antichrist. What the book of Revelation had to say. What the book of Thessalonians had to say. Oh, and my friends, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. And then we look at these in the context of historical, uh, shall we say, typology, such as the French Revolution. An entire chapter dealing with the relationship between the French Revolution as a precursor to the Tribulation. It's fascinating, utterly fascinating. So, again, that book is called Antichrist. How to Identify the Coming Imposter. The $22 book, it is a $22 book. It's right there on our website, saveus.org. Or you can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 2. 3255, again, writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. The third book is Messiah. That's my most recent. Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. It follows on the heels of the book Antichrist, How to find Identify the Coming Imposter. Now, it's even more important to be able to identify the coming king. God says, I have set my king on my holy hill. Satan is intent on setting his king on the holy hill, the temple mount. And hence, the battle lines have been drawn throughout history and are coming even more intensely now into conflict. But the book Messiah is a very unusual book and helps us to understand the competition that is growing in our world to steal our thinking and our direction and co-opt it 
so as not to be truly seeking the gener- the, the God-promised Messiah, but an alternative. That's what the world is seeking. And I tell you, when you get to the chapter called the third day, <laughs> you better anchor your seatbelt, friend. You better anchor your seatbelt. $22 will put Messiah in your hands. That is the book, Messiah. <laughs> you can't buy the Messiah. Uh, and so each one of these books is available. If you buy two, at a, uh, two, it's $5 for the first book, $2 for each additional book. So if you're getting two books, it's $7 postage and handling. Three books is $9 postage and handling total. Go to the website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Again, writing a check, you're going to be adding for postage and handling, and you determine how much, starting with $5 for one book. Okay. So... Who will the coming imposter emulate? Well, who the Messiah is to be. For what purpose was the Messiah to come? What would he be expected to do? In what fashion would he be presented? With what attitudes and behaviors would he conduct himself? Who would be most expected to gravitate to him and why? Does the proffered Messiah match biblical expectations? Those are ways, that's a seven-point test that we could use to determine whether or not the person is an imposter or whether he may very well be the Messiah. The problem that we have as we move inevitably toward this uh, uh, new world order and the globalism is the manipulation of feelings. When the manipulation of feelings becomes the machination of demonically cunning men, we're in serious trouble. Hell follows closely. You see, the imposter is somebody who pretends to be someone else in order to deceive others. And since Satan, the deceiver, ordains or commissions his counterfeit Christ, who will head up ultimately the new global world government. He's being commissioned to sit in Satan's seat and to stand in Satan's stead. So it should come as no surprise that this imposter Christ will appear to the masses as God's anointed one. And the degree of deception, friends, is going to be it's going to be so great as to almost defy description. And that's why Jesus said, Take heed that no man deceive you. And you know, you've heard it said that imitation is the greatest form of flattery, right? Yet when deception is the foundation of the flattery, it's no more longer flattery, it's fraud. Look how easily the American government, the World Health Organization, 
Mr. Uh, Dr. Fauci, the CDC, how easy it was for them all to deceive not only the American people, but the peoples of the world, including their leaders, the governors, the pastors, the parachurch leaders, the priests, the potentates of the world, the politicians, deceived to the max, and so easily, and so quickly. And if that can happen with an experimental vaccine that isn't a vaccine, just think what can happen when the ante is upped and the pressure is multiplied many-fold. That's what's going to happen with the launching of the new global government. With the launching of the digital world. With the eradication of money as we know it. Currency. And its replacement with digital money that allows government to control every single dollar you spend or don't spend. So that if you do not embrace the vision of the new global order, you may not be able to eat, conduct business, or do anything else that your your soul needs or desires. That's where it will go. How do we know that? For one thing, we're being told that. By the globalists. Secondly, we were told at first by God in Revelation 13. Thanks for joining us here today on Viewpoint. I know this is uh, kind of tough stuff, but it's needed for these troubled times, isn't it? We've reached the inflection point. That's what the New World Order says. The inflection point. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.